shout out to my sponsor, Allah Custom Creations, uh, owner Ruben Gonzalez. Y'all go like and follow him on Facebook and Instagram. Hey, he gets some firework done, you know, shirts, hats, all that, man. Again, go like and follow Outlaw Custom Creations on Facebook. Hello. Hello, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. I want to welcome everybody to episode 14 of Levi's Youth Sports Talk. And today we have a former Fort Bend Christian High School University of Tulsa grad, transferred from Arkansas, graduated in 2019, and been doing pitching lessons since 2019. Um, I want to welcome everybody. Haley, Haley, um, I, I can't really pronounce your last name, so I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> mess it up. So I, I'll let you, you know, say your name. It's Minan. It's Haley Minan. Haley Minan. Welcome Haley Minan to the show, everybody. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so um, so uh, Haley, we want to talk about first um your upbringing. Um, where where did you grow up at? I grew up in the Houston area. Um, I think my family moved a lot, but it was all kind of around Houston because I went to school in Sugarland. I think since kindergarten, so we were always around that area. Okay. Okay, and. And um, did what? At what age did you start playing softball? I I think I was five or six. I played soccer first. I think for two years, and then um, you know when I scored in the other team's goal, <laughs> they put me in softball. <laughs> so it's been a while. <laughs> okay, okay. And um, did you start off in like the? you know, the rec league or anything like that? Or did you go straight into select? No, so select softball at that age was definitely not a thing, or at least I don't think so. I don't think they had select 8U or 10U like they do now, which is a little bit crazy okay. to me. But I played for the Sugarland League, uh, I think, until 10U, maybe All-Stars when I started playing well, we call it we called it All Stars, and it was like a travel yes. league team. And I think from there it kind of fed into that whole select softball scene. Okay, okay. And at what age did you become a pitcher, or was you a pitcher growing up? Let's see. I I know during I think ten U, we maybe even eight U. My team we would just like mess around in the cage where we would just all pitch and I think one of my teammates is like you would be a good pitcher and I don't know what exactly I don't think I started um until I was maybe nine or ten because I had never pitched before and I ended up picking up with one of my former teammates teams and that coach actually found out that I wanted to pitch and this was like a pretty good team. So I don't know what possessed him to like put me on the mound. <laughs> but I remember literally having my wrong foot forward and pitching. Like I, he pitched me for an inning and that was kind of the start of that. I mean, it must have not been horrible because I don't remember getting pulled. So <laughs> even even with the wrong foot. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea how I did that. I couldn't even re replicate it if I tried. <laughs> I could like, well, I can't say I couldn't imagine because when, like, when I first started, like, with my daughter, when she started pitching that, when she tried to, you know, you got to act like you know, so. Yeah. And she was like, nope, that's wrong. I was like, okay, well, that was my last time trying right there. <laughs> yes, I think, um, I think a little bit after that, I saw – Jenny Finch in a magazine and I was like this girl looks really cool yeah I started like googling her on YouTube mm. or whatever seeing her videos and I think that's kind of how I really got into it and and I was I was gonna ask you like did you have a role model growing up yes I am a huge well I'm a huge Jenny Finch fan I even was number 27 on my select team in like 18U 
Um, I even was number 27 at Arkansas. Um, unfortunately, they didn't have number 27 at Tulsa, <laughs> mm-hmm. like available when I transferred, which is fine because 15 was my parents or my dad's, I think maybe even my mom's number, but I know for sure my dad's number in high school. And I actually was number 15 in high school as well. So, okay. but yeah, Jenny Finch, big fan. <laughs> nice. Yeah. She is, she is somebody, a great role model. For sure. I think there's definitely worse, worse people to be like, right? It's a great one to, great one to pick out of the, out of the group of people you can be looking up to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, talk about um, going from high school softball to college softball, like the the different the transition you had to make so I actually played on a really competitive 18u team it was the Texas firecrackers it ended up changing to txfc because we kind of disconnected from the firecrackers organization mm-hmm. and my coach um she was a tough lady um she ended up running the scrapyard dogs as the general manager and you know, she knows a lot about the sport and a lot of people in the sport. And I was lucky enough to have my pitching coach, uh, Amanda Scarborough, also be a assistant coach for two of those years that I played in 18U. And so I feel like they really prepared us for that transition because my team was completely sponsored. And so we would show up to the airport and when we we would fly as a team and we would stay in a hotel as a team, like I was with my teammates in the room and we had either a charter bus or like they took us to the field. It was, I mean, it was really like we played in college softball. So to me, I felt like when I got to college, there really wasn't a huge, huge difference. Um, and I felt pretty prepared, but I mean, I've always wanted to play college softball. So like, no matter what it was, mm-hmm. I was going to be ready. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah cause, Cause them, them, them 18 U select team, man, it's just like a, a college team put together with all they, the girls committed to different really colleges. Do. Yeah. And we even played, um, we even played often, you know, you're from around this area. There's a lot of times I think you end up playing a lot of the same teams every weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, we were ranked, I think, nationally. So <laughs> we played them. We often beat them. Not trying to – I'm not bragging or anything. but <laughs> <laughs> Brag. We brag were, on. We were very good. And we had a lot of really good um, players on our team. It was just a very good team. And so we would, they would fly us to California on the weekends, like regular weekends in the fall, so that we could play different competition over in California, which lots of really great teams are out of that area. So we were often playing a lot of really good competition. I honestly, I honestly can compare it. If you're playing at a a very high level in 18U, those are the same people that you're going to be playing against in college softball. So I remember hitting off of Rachel Garcia in PGF, and I think I almost hit a home run off of her or something. I don't even know. But it's like these are the people that you're competing against eventually at the Division One level potentially. So it's very, very similar, and I think that's something that I don't think that a lot of 18U players think about right now. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, that's that's a good that's a good goal. This is is like my daughter. She always have goals of hitting against the faster pitcher since she played um up with the twenty eleven. Yeah, exactly. So when like for instance, when she faced a pitcher on Tim team, there was always they always got the faster pitchers in the, in our age group. We do, and she hit, but she just grounded out to shortstop. But it was a good solid hit. And she, yeah. I like never seen a smile so big, right? And after the game, she was like, I did it, I did it. I'm like, like, what did you do? Like, you didn't do nothing, right? <laughs> and she yeah. was just like, no, like, I hit off of her. Like, you know how fast she pitched it? I'm like, oh, okay. Like, 
okay, now I see, you know, like you, you set goals for yourself, like, yeah, you know, so, and, and even getting into the goals, the goals part, like how big is, is setting goals, even for girls at, at younger ages? I was, I was actually going to build on what you said. I think it's really great, especially at the younger age to have those small goals. Mm-hmm. I mean, have the big ones too. I mean, you, everybody has like a, a goal they want to achieve in like a year or five years or 10 years. Mm-hmm. But as, when you're 10 years old and you want to play college softball, that's eight years away. And it's a little bit hard, I think, to work how, how many times they practice, you know, two, three, four times a week, whether it's at home or with their team. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit hard to kind of look at an eight-year goal for a, like a 10, 11, 12-year-old, you know? Yeah. So I love that she set a goal even just for that game that mm-hmm. she's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to score up the ball, you know? Yeah. Even if I'm not on base, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Because I no. feel like the smaller goals that you have, I feel like the happier you're going to be playing the game. Because if I can just say, you know what, I'm going to be happy to be out here and I'm going to hit the, I'm going to, I'm going to hit the ball hard or I'm going to execute my pitches. Maybe I'd still lose the game, but if I worked on a pitch that I wasn't so confident on and I feel better about it at the end of the game, I think that's really a high level of thinking for those those girls that's going to serve them well for the next few years mm-hmm. yeah yeah she been man she been like in florida like she been saying she want to go to florida since she was like four years old so yeah. okay good good for you good luck that's all <laughs> yeah you know, you know you gotta work but hey like you said like it's, it's always good to set goals so that's hers and, and my goal is to help her get to where she needs to be you know that's- so that's that's, awesome. that's it. How, how was it you know pitching and pitching in college against all these these big hitters and stuff like that so my freshman year I I actually remember talking about this even with the in, in 18s our senior year this girl my, her name was Kristen Clark she was on my team and she was committed to Texas um to pitch and I was of course committed to Arkansas and what the big story was that year was that Lauren Chamberlain was going to be <laughs> potentially breaking the home run record the following year. And we were just like, well, what if it happens off of us? Because <laughs> we already know, I already knew that they were, we were supposed to play Oklahoma at least in the fall. And I know that Arkansas plays Oklahoma like every year in the spring twice. So I was like, there's two chances right there that she's going to have. And then of course, Kristen with Texas being in their conference, I remember talking about it. And so whenever fall came around and I had to pitch to her, I was like, man, I want to strike her out so bad. Of course, I'm not even a strikeout pitcher, so I don't even know what I was thinking, but, (laughs) um, she popped out to right field and I was like, so, so excited. But, um, I think I, I honestly, I really like pressure. I think I'm different in a lot of ways that I really enjoy coming in with the bases loaded or just, I seem to rise to the occasion when I'm put in really, really tough situations. And I ended up pitching a really great game to Alabama it was the last ser- last series of my freshman year. We were really terrible overall. You can just look at my the record that year at Arkansas. I think we were sixteen and thirty seven, which is just really sad. But um, <laughs> we we have been run rolled so many times, which you know doesn't help the ERA. But um, I get into the it was senior day is our last. I mean we weren't going to postseason so. We were playing Alabama. They were ranked number four in the nation. I finally get to pitch. I don't know. I was. I, I remember being upset because I was like, I haven't pitched these last two games, and we've lost like nine to one and eight to zero. And I'm just like, certainly I can do a little bit better, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I I remember thinking that a lot, but um, I'm warming up for this game and I'm, I'm already mad because I'm like, finally I'm getting a chance. You know, I guess I was just ready to go, but 
I ended up holding them to four hits in seven innings. We lost one to zero, but you know, I, it was fun because there was one girl that had hit three home runs the previous day. I mean, you're talking about Haley McClinney, who's on the Olympic team right now. I think she went, I walked her the first inning, but she went, I think, 0 for 2 or 0 for 3 off of me for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. It was r- really fun to see, especially Alabama. You're talking about somebody who, who I think they ended up going to Super Regionals or even maybe even a World Series that year. And, you know, Patrick Murphy's over there getting a little squirmy because I, <laughs> I've been holding them and there's no reason that I should because I'm a freshman. They haven't seen, I don't, it's not like I've shut down anybody else that year, like, like I was doing to them. So, um, it was really fun. I, I think it's fun. I wish I could go back, honestly. Mm, I bet that's, I mean, Hey, at least you made, made, you did better. It was, you did. You only held them to one, so that's better than eight and nine. So you made progress. I did. I did. I legitimately will never forget why they scored the run because I tipped a ball. Um, I had fielded really well. I think they had like hit. I, I use. I throw a drop ball and screw ball. So a lot of the balls that are hit off of me are like ground balls and maybe some weak pop pop ups just because I jammed them with screw balls. Mm-hmm. but um, a lot of balls had come back at me like weaker hits or just like bouncing balls and I had fielded I think three of them that game and so this girl the girl who hit three home runs finally gets on base and then I think I have one out we I tip the ball I tip a ball it's like a high chopper I tip it into into right field so that girl gets to third and then we have a deep grounder from Danae Hayes into the into the shortstop and she just can't throw her out for the third out and that's how the run scores and I was like Mm -hmm. you know it's always like well what if I didn't do this or what if I did do this I mean at the end of the day we have to score to win so I don't think we're going to be winning with zero but uh hey that's that's nice that's that's good experience man experience that's that's crazy you know to just even be in that situation as a freshman, you know, not many freshmen get those opportunities. So that's, that's good that you even got the opportunity to even pitch against Alabama. Definitely. It was fun. Cause, cause I'm an Alabama fan. So, you know, yeah. they're pretty solid. I'm, yeah. I don't have any, I don't have any like allegiances, especially to Arkansas. I, I transferred and, um, then at Tulsa, we got a, we got our fair share of big games. I didn't pitch any against Oklahoma, <laughs> but uh, because luckily we had an All American pitcher at Tulsa that we we let do that. Um, I I ended up getting injured at Arkansas my sophomore year, and so I redshirted sophomore year and I transferred after that. So when I transferred, I was like, I don't even know if I can pitch very, very much the same, like all my life, I've been a hard thrower. Mm -hmm. I've thrown, I probably would sit like a 65 and above like in a, in a game. And, um, I got to Tulsa and I just told the coach when I transferred, I was like, first, I don't know if I can pitch. (laughs) I don't know what it's going to look like if I do. <laughs> mm. And I don't know how hard I'm going to throw because all they know about me is that I throw hard. And I was like, well, I don't even know if I can throw 65 again, to be honest. And I don't think I really did very often, maybe a couple times. That might be my peak after I got injured. But um, I ended up having a zero ERA in conference at Tulsa. So it kind of panned out. But um it, I, I like to come in. That's what I, I ended up being the closer, which is kind of fun. It's not really like an official position in, in softball, but I quite enjoy it. So it worked out well. We have all American and then you have somebody who can come in, but nobody's scoring against. And we were very good that year. So it was a good time. Yeah. And, and like, how is it, you know, being like an upperclassman, 
And then, you know, you have these these younger girls coming in, you know, to like take them under your wing and kind of, you know, let them know, you know, how how things goes here, how things go there and, and stuff like that. I am more of like a leader by example. Mm. I'm not a very, I think in my lessons, I'm a little bit more encouraging and like, you know, you're talking to younger girls. Um, but if you see me on the field, I'm like a lot more serious. I don't, I don't like organized cheers. <laughs> I, and a person that kind of says they're like, hey, let's go. You got it. You know, and, and I watch the game when I'm in the game. I'm not the one dancing around and, and cheering. And that bugs me whenever I'm, I was actually playing. But um, <laughs> I, I understand its place in youth sports. Um, but I think where I led or kind of took people under the wing, it was kind of I really went about my business and I didn't bother nobody about it. You know, I got my stuff done. I was usually the first one to finish in the weight room because I went and did all my stuff and made sure that I was done. And then when I was done, I picked up all the weights for everybody who wasn't doing it. Um, even though that's quote unquote, the freshman or underclassmen's job, you know, there's no, to me, I just felt like, okay, yes, there's, like obviously your freshmen are supposed to be getting the equipment or picking these apps. They're supposed to be like doing those things. And I'm like, okay, they can have getting the water in the morning, but I'm, I'm going to pick stuff up. You know, I think that is a big way that I feel I led because I think that they felt comfortable because I wasn't above them. Like they weren't beneath me. They could come to me if they wanted to. And I wasn't going to treat them like they were beneath me. And some, I think some people did in some ways I don't I didn't see it personally I would get stories people would tell me this and I'd be like you know I'm just don't ask them for help you know <laughs> come come to somebody else about that issue um but I think that's that's one I know one of the one of the pitchers came to me I was like well how do you pitch with so much confidence and it was kind of an eye-opening question for me because I had never, I had never really been somebody that had a lot of confidence prior to college. I feel, I, I mean, I had a lot of mental toughness struggles, I guess, with with pitching because I always felt like I was letting people down or I wasn't doing as good as I thought I should be and. I wasn't able to pull myself out of that hole. And I attribute a lot of that, like, success that I later had to my pitching coach, Amanda, who I work with. Now, um, I cannot say enough good things about her. She helps me a lot. And she even wrote me this card. Um, and I remember her giving it to me at practice. It was just like a little white envelope. And... I remember this is how nervous and scared I was that I remember when she handed it to me and she was like, it was like secretly kind of, and she was like, here, like open this when you're in the car. And I was like, Oh my gosh, am I cut? Is this like, <laughs> am I off the team? <laughs> That's how nervous I was about everything. Like unsure, anxious, you know? And um, it was a, it was a little car that was kind of like a, telling me, you know, I know things are tough mentally, but um, you can do this, you know, things like that. And I even laminated it because I wanted it to last. Well, and it came that. with me to every, every year in college. And I still, I mean, I still have it. And so whenever that, that girl came to me, I just, you know, I was like, look here, I had the same problems and this helped me. So I just sent her the picture of my thing. And I was like, just, just remember, I mean, it's not as a big as a deal as you think it is, you know, at the end of the day, if you have a horrible career <laughs> in college softball, is that really, is that really the worst thing? No. You know, it, do you get dinner tonight? Even if you pitch bad? Yes. Do you go to sleep tonight? Even if you pitch bad? Yes. You know, are you probably going to get another opportunity? Yes. So it's, it's, it never is as big as you think it is. And I think that was 
kind of what the message I try to relay to the younger girls. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Like, okay, like, you know, now, now being um, a pitching instructor, like you get girl beginners, you get girls that's been doing it for a while. You get like, you know, the girls that's at all different levels. Like, how do you relate to the, to each, each girl differently? Admittedly, I'm, I'm not really good with um, kids. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like me. It sounds like me. And then I help coach like an eight U. Yes. And then my wife tells me like, how do you, you know, you don't have patience for this, but then you're out there. Right. But it's like it's different because I can kind of raise my voice at them a little bit or make them run or something yeah. like that. <laughs> I use burpees a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it, it's it takes it takes a little bit more effort for for me to uh, coach younger ones. I mean, I feel like it takes a little bit more effort anyway because they're they're young. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think um, I just and I'm going back to Amanda um, Amanda Scarver was my pitching coach she's a two-time All-American at Texas A&M and she's an ESPN commentator now and I was so lucky to have her as a as a pitching coach um, she's so good at changing how she says things to everybody and I think because I experienced that. And I think whenever I didn't understand what she said, I'm a very visual learner. Um, Mm -hmm. If I didn't understand what she was saying or didn't quite get it, or I would just want some further clarification, I could hand her the ball and she could throw it and show me exactly what she was talking about. And, you know, if I asked her why, like, why am I doing this? She never she never thought that was weird. I think I got tagged as uncoachable a lot because I asked why a lot. Um, and it was really because I wanted to understand because if you can understand, then you can really do it. Um, and I think she just asked, you know, if I said why she explained and I try to use that same mentality coming in because I mean, they should know why they should know why they're doing something. Um, and I think that's, what really helps me with the younger girls, especially because, you know, they're always the ones like, why are we doing this? Where are we going? This and that. Um, trying to explain to them the reason why, because I feel like they don't get that luxury as often. And that's, I think, how I relate. Because with those questions that they ask me, whether it's why or like whatever they're not understanding, kind of gives me a look into how their brain is working and what they're understanding from what I'm saying. And I can kind of adjust from there. Mm-hmm. And so like having somebody come in, as a, yeah, like what's the, what's the, the stages like you go through, you know, as, when they first come in and they just like, I want to pitch. Like, how do you go about begin starting them? I first tell them it's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of work and it's not going to be very fun for a little bit because <laughs> um, I don't want them getting their hopes that it's going to be this, this glamorous, cool thing right away. Cause it's not, it's going to be very bad for some time. <laughs> um, and you know, they have to be able to commit a little bit extra time and you know, that's always tough. I, I try to get them to understand that this is going to take a little bit more time than you just showing up to practice and practicing with your team. Cause that's important for them to understand before we start this journey. But um, I usually start them with a couple drills and like my warm up drills, essentially. So like flips, T's, K's, mm, Probably 99.9% of every girl that would come in here trying to learn to pitch the first time is not going to get to full pitch on the first day. It's silly if they are because there's no reason to rush it, especially when they're young. Um, Main thing that I look for is a certain couple mechanics that I know are big issues. If you don't fix them now, they're going to be problems later. And a lot of it has to do with like 
hips and shoulders. I won't get into all the technical stuff, but right, no. um, there's a couple things that I look for. And if they do a really good job with those things, then they, by some miracle, they're really good at it just naturally, which happens sometimes. Um, they get to move back, but they often, I often have them doing a couple different drills that aren't really full pitch, or maybe I don't even have them use their legs yet. Um, make sure their arm circle is good. And they have to practice that until we get pretty good with those mechanics. I don't expect perfection ever, but pretty good so that we can move back and create really good habits. Nice. Like, and I think, I think maybe some people don't, don't realize like how much work a pitcher have to do. Yeah. My dad was, um, he, he, Amanda actually used his, his quote, you know, and that made him feel real good that his, his quote got used, <laughs> but yeah. um, he said, you know, if you're practicing two times, you're getting worse. If you're practicing three times, you're getting better or no, you're staying the same. I'm sorry. Four times you're getting better. And I was, I think there's, it, it kind of varies pitcher to pitcher a little bit, um, but you have to understand what kind of pitcher you are. Are you somebody that has to have a lot of reps to be consistent, to have your release point be consistent? I was. <laughs> if I didn't practice, like my dad said, four times, then my release point was wild. I, that was one thing. I always threw hard, but my accuracy wasn't so great. When I got to college, for whatever reason, it just automatically fixed itself. <laughs> um, and I really think it has to do with that I actually just – I went to a private high school, as you know, and then I went to a big power five D1 university that has, you know, 30 plus thousand people that go to that school. So I went from a class of 102 to a class of thousands, right? right. Mm -hmm. And they didn't know me. Not a single person on that campus went to my school. And I think that if people in Fort Bend Christian Academy if they thought they knew me back then, they don't, they don't anymore because I completely reinvented myself going into college. I became outgoing. I became more of like a people person. I wasn't shy. I was actually confident. Um, I remember the first scrimmage, I actually struck out 16 and I never even did that in my life. Um, I think I struck out 16 for the remainder 60 innings that I pitched that year, but, um, yeah, I think that <laughs> I have a little tribute to that. Yes. That's that's crazy. That's man. That's just amazing. That's amazing. Cause pitching is thing. Like I see them, these girls at this younger age, and and some of them can really throw and make that ball do all kind of stuff. And I'm like, how the heck do you even do that? You know. But now my daughter is starting to pick it up more, and she starts telling me all this stuff. You know, and and that's actually she goes through the the pitching angel. Yes, that's Amanda. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. me. If you're on, if you're on her page, I'm the one demonstrating all that stuff. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, she is really great. I again, like, I can't say enough good things about it. But uh, I think it's important to note too that um, I was just a part of Amanda's pitching angel experience up in Dallas, and so we had a lot of current pitchers that were also helping with the camp. We're talking about Kelly Maxwell from OSU, where she's, you know, great left-handed pitcher for Oklahoma State. Um, talking about her changeup and how she didn't really master her changeup until she got to college. Or, you know, a couple other girls that were talking about their different pitches and saying, like, it took them until senior year of high school or sophomore year in high school to really understand their pitch you know and I think I feel like now especially with the early age of select ball and you know you've got 8U nationals and 10U nationals mm -hmm. you know? and it's like really great for them but it's also a lot of pressure for them to feel like they're either behind or I have a lot of girls that may not be the best in 10U or even 12 years that think they're behind and they're way above the average, you know, because mm -hmm. they're looking at somebody like you're talking about Tim's team where they're like, Oh, 
this girl's throwing this and this girl's throwing this, but I'm only throwing this. How do you not compare yourself to that and realize that this is like a marathon yeah, <laughs> and not true. a sprint? Because a lot of the girls that were really, really, really good, like way better than me, I, I sat the bench when I was 12. I, and I was decent, I thought, at least. <laughs> um, I sat the bench, and I didn't pitch. And I was, I was honestly pretty bad at pitching until I was at least 13 or 14. Uh, so I started – I threw 63 when I was 14. But does that mean that I threw well? No. <laughs> um, like I said, I wasn't very accurate. So I think it's good – I'm just putting it out there for whoever is out there that you really need to grieve and run your own race because some people are jump out like that, but eventually sometimes they level out. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're just like freaks of nature and they're just one of those people, you know, but for the most part, everybody runs at their own pace. And just because you're maybe not the greatest right now, doesn't mean that you won't become really good. Um, there's a lot of girls that, like I said, when I was 12, the pitcher that started in front of me, on my 12 U team, actually the four different pitchers that started in front of me didn't play in college or like they didn't pitch in college. I know one of them went to Texas A&M and she didn't, um, she didn't pitch as much as me. And I thought that was interesting because she was so much better than me at that age. But I think, um, in some cases, you know, you get a little bit complacent and, that drive to keep being better because it's hard to stay on top when you're on top you know you're when you're really good there's nobody to chase and that's tough um but it's always it's always about how are you doing the best that you can it's not you cannot be anybody else but you so you have to you have to it's it's tough because i i was in the same way i tried to look at jenny finch's numbers and match them because if I didn't do that, I thought I was doing horrible. But that's uh, ill-advised. Yes. <laughs> She's six foot. I'm five sevens. So. <laughs> <laughs> that stride is a lot different, right? It is. She's she's definitely definitely lengthier than me. Um, I got close. I mean, as close as, as close as I could get. I threw. I ended up throwing sixty nine. One ones maybe seventy ones, but I mean, she will she will sit there. She'll throw that all the time. But yeah. I I threw pretty hard for my size, which is mm. you can throw pretty pretty hard still. It's just not as you got to be really really yeah. mechanically good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. At what age did you did um, Amanda become your pitching coach? I think she started coaching me around the eighth grade. Um, so I guess that's 13-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've known her for a long time. Um, yeah. <laughs> 13. I was trying to think. No. Yeah, 13. Yeah. 13. yeah. So... Honestly, really blessed. I mean, she was, I guess she was kind of like me, um, my, like my age, whenever a lot of like, like now, whenever I came to her. And so she was, she, I think she had coached like volunteer pitching coach at A&M. So she come off of that. And I remember, <laughs> I remember she had a camp and um, I wasn't going to go. I won't say why. <laughs> <laughs> case she listens <laughs> um and I remember I think she called my parents because I was on the list to be there and was kind of just confirming and I was like okay I'll go and then I ended up really loving it so it, it worked out but um I was pretty lucky to have her as my coach then she got really famous and ESPN wise I think during my junior year so I didn't really ha- she you know, started doing ESPN full time mm-hmm. whenever that, you know, around that age. And so she wasn't really my pitching coach anymore. Of course, I could obviously text her, call her, whatever. But um, after that, I kind of coached myself in some ways. Um, I had 
a couple different people that my team had brought in as our assistant coaches that were pitchers, but it wasn't like pitching lessons. If that, I, it was me and my dad kind of working together oh. on that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I get that part. Once you have Amanda Scarborough, I mean, where are you going to go after that, right? Yeah, that, exactly. She like one of the best of the best. Like, yes, she, I agree. And that's who my daughter. She she watch a lot of her videos on TikTok and all that. Probably be watching you, and nobody ever knew it. You know? <laughs> yep, probably. I'm <laughs> definitely all over Amanda's social media. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, she most likely have seen you, but you know, yeah. not knowing who you are. So, yeah. um. How is it like going to those those camps, the pitching angel camps, and just having so many girls there? And you know, like, or how is it? Girls, different ages, different styles, different all this different stuff. Like, how how is it going there? Yeah. So, um, this recent one, the pitching angel experience. This is the first time she's done anything like that, but. The way she had it set up, and I know she does this usually with, like, I've been a part of a couple package deal camps, too. Um, she usually pairs people up in groups with their ages. So, like, like for the pitching age experience, we had about 70 pitchers. And they were separated in 10 different groups. And one through five was kind of the younger girls. Six through 10 are the older girls. So we had the older girls on one side. I don't know if you kind of saw pictures from it, but it was at where the glory practice was out of in McKinney. It's a pretty big, they have like 10 cages on the left and 10 cages on the right. So they had pulled all those nets back. We had a big space going. And so one side older, one side younger. Um, And it works pretty well. We had five stations on each side. They rotated through and, I mean, it works pretty well. I didn't notice much of a difference in the girls. Like, they're all grouped together. Um, I wasn't on the younger girls' side. I had the older girls. Um, But everybody's doing the same drills, and they're all – it's really great how you can kind of have different – like, these drills, they're all the same, but different ages are focusing on different things. Um, within those drills like maybe the older girls are focusing a little bit more on those more technical things like you're saying words like front side resistance and backside quickness and maybe with the younger girls you're telling them like hey just you know be strong with your legs you know but either way they're they're getting caught out of it you know right yeah just a different wording so they so they can understand it better right yeah yeah um how big how big is chemistry between like coaches and players and players and players I think I I think it's pretty big I mean I try to relate a lot whenever my pitchers are having struggles maybe in the cage you know where I'm like the way you're presenting yourself also has a big play on on that too um I mean if your teammates if you, if you have good chemistry with your teammates, I feel like you get on the mound and you know they have your back. You know, I feel like you can pitch a little bit more freely when you're, when you're out there because, you know, you get – you know if they put the ball in play, you don't feel the pressure to strike everyone out. That wasn't, right. that wasn't my game. Like, I had to rely a lot on ground balls. So I had a shortstop. Her name was Shannon Hughes at, at Tulsa, and I remember pitching against Missouri – in the regional at Oklahoma and I had this slapper and I was just throwing drop out or screw and drop out and screw. And she just kept fouling it, fouling it, fouling it, fouling it, like just late, late, late. And I was like, I am so tired of throwing this girl. (laughs) So I told, I have an off speed drop. It's like five to six miles an hour slower than my regular drop. So I kind of just told her, turn around. I knew that the signal was going to be a drop ball. And I told Shannon, I said, Hey, this is coming to you. And I threw it, and there it is. Goes right to Shannon, and she throws her out. So, just knowing, I think that just being being comfortable with your teammates in the sense that you know that they have your back, or even if they didn't, that they made an error that 
they were going all out for you, you know, I mean, what more can they do? You make errors too, but same thing with coaches. I, um, I feel like at Arkansas, I always felt like I was trying, I was having to prove myself, prove myself, prove myself. And, you know, that in some instances that's good, but having to always fight to prove yourself is really exhausting. And you feel like if you make a single mistake, that it reflects poorly on you and you're not going to get opportunities. And um, that's probably why I was so annoyed that I wasn't getting to pitch and we lost two games in a row. But at Tulsa, I, I, I really admire Coach Jay, and he's the pitching coach at Oklahoma State now. Um, you know, I, he took me in and he was like, you know, what – what can you do? I remember actually a pitcher quit and that's the whole reason why he came to me and was like, do you think you could try pitching again? <laughs> and I was like, sure. Cause he was like, well, we either have this one girl who pitched in high school or you. And I was like, okay, I can do it. Um, and it worked out pretty well cause he was very attentive to like, obviously my, my injury was in my shoulder. And so um, I had to be a little bit careful about load on it and, if it was sore or throwing because I played outfield as well mm-hmm. um so if I was playing outfield that day then I wasn't pitching and if I was potentially going to pitch then I was DHing so that I wouldn't waste throws um but he was very good about about that asking like is your arm sore how's it feeling like kind of being very very attentive to that and I feel like when and I pitched really good at Tulsa especially that first year um, I feel like it's nice knowing that your coach has your back kind of understanding because at, at Arkansas and I don't want to get into a whole the whole thing but right. they didn't really believe me as much when I was like my arm is hurting like I can't feel my hand you know this they they didn't really they didn't really take my word for it and coach Jay kind of knew about these situations and worked with them and I was still able to play, you know, because he paid attention to those things. I was still able to pitch for the whole year instead of being injured. So I think that helps too, when you know that you can communicate with your coach in a way like that. And really it helps you both because if I hadn't, if he wouldn't listen to me, then I wouldn't, I would, I would be hurt again. So huge. Yeah. Big, yeah, it's big. Um, at at a, at a younger age, you know, the the ten u twelve u, even at eight u, how big is it teaching these kids different positions? You know what irks me so much is when I hear this po situation in this in these ages. I think that's so ridiculous. I mean, and I'm a testament to it because I. When I got recruited to Arkansas, I was not supposed to pitch. They told me I would not pitch in the SEC, and I was like, okay, cool. I was supposed to play first base, and I was supposed to hit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's fine, you know, because my dream to play college softball was bigger than my – or, like, Division One college softball. I, 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 it was bigger than my love for pitching. I, I, I did not want to stop playing the game of softball just to pitch Mm -hmm. I don't pitching only is not the life for me I love I love to hit I love being in the game I love running bases the game is so much more than pitching to me and so I was willing to give up pitching if it meant I got to play the game and by all means if somebody in the division one SEC wanted me to do that I was all for it um obviously plans changed I ended up pitching but um, (laughs) it it's huge I mean Honestly, why and what I just said about um, the girls in 12U, the, the ones that were the best, not even really getting as many opportunities in college because, like, whoever's the best at 12U doesn't always mean they're going to be the best when they're 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. So why limit yourself to that position? That doesn't make any sense to me. A lot of pitchers in the younger age groups are a lot of, like, the more athletic players, you know? So doesn't mean they're going to be great pitchers long-term, but they should be great players. Mm-hmm. And being a pitcher, 
gives you some advantages because you learn, okay, I have to put in extra time. I've got to do these extra stuff. I mean, if you, I think if you look at the, the U.S. national team and you ask how many of them pitched when they were 10, 12, 13 years old, it would probably be the majority of them. And that doesn't mean they're pitchers on the U.S. team. So I think it's really important. I think, I don't know what people are doing right now with this <laughs> nonsense. I, it, it bugs me because it's, it goes hand in hand with the ones that are like, hey, just throw a little slower so you can throw strikes. Mm. Slow down and throw strikes. You know what that tells me? It tells me you care a little bit more about today's win than their yeah. future. Oh, yeah. That bugs me so much. There's no reason a 12-year-old should be a PO at all. There's no reason a 14-year-old should be a PO, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So, so at what age do you, do you start that? Or would, you even, would you even do PO? Because I know it, it happens, you know, but... It happens. I think by 14, you can understand maybe who might have that. I mean... Around 14 is when you, I think you really maybe understand who is really going to stand out for the next few years um, and who might not be. But I really think in 18s, because thankfully they've changed the rules with recruiting with me. Um, there was like freshmen or eighth graders committing and I was scared out of my mind. I wasn't going to get committed and I was a junior. And now you can't even commit till you're a junior. Um I say go and go into it until you're committed, because if you're committed as a pitcher and your college team says okay you're you're not really gonna hit, I mean, then you can say okay, like that's cool. Uh, give all your options because you know you're going into recruiting. I mean, you may not get a lot of opportunities to hit in 18U if you're just if you're a pitcher and maybe your hitting isn't your strongest mm-hmm. I mean if it's really bad I mean be a PO but right you know if you're decent at all at least hit in, in the games they'll let you because you never know what kind of opportunities you might be I mean if you're in the top nine hitters and you're a pitcher there's no I mean I don't get why anybody would tell them don't hit you're in the top nine, top ten hitters on your team. You should be on. You should be alive. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I, played, I, I played left field uh, when I wasn't pitching. And I DH'd during, like, if I was going to come in, I pitched and hit. Coach Jay was really good at those, like, really technical, whatever you can do with the lineup card, the DH, the designated hitter or player or whatever the heck it was. I don't even know what he did, but <laughs> flip-flopped it so I could never, like, I would never be burned. Like, I could come out of the game in and out however many times I wanted to. I don't even know what he did. He's going to get that, but whatever it was, it was I could hit and play and do whatever I wanted, honestly. But, um, because when I got to Tulsa, I told him, he was like, well, where do you play? And I was like, wherever you want me, man. Right. Whatever you want me to do, I'll, I'll learn to catch, and it means that I get to play. You know, like I, I think that is lost in today's game. I think people need to reel it back in and realize that this is not like a. I mean, it's a business in some ways, but it's also these girls' futures. Mm-hmm. That's really what this is about. So. Right. Okay. What's what's some some good advice? you would give a, a younger pitcher? Ooh, let's see. Um, ooh, it's a tough one. There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing is to, if you can realize at a younger age that perfection is simply not attainable, you're going to be so much better long-term and like actually in anything that you do, because you really just can't be perfect in anything. Mm -hmm. If you can learn that your practices are going to be more productive. Your games are going to be more productive. You're going to handle failure better. You're going to handle success better. Um, I think that is one big overarching theme in my lessons is that they miss a, they miss their spot that I tell them to hit by like 
maybe it's one foot, maybe it's two inches, but their head drops. They're like, oh, I missed my spot. Or, you know, they missed high and I'm like, okay, just adjust and like pick a lower target. They miss low and then they're like, oh, I missed my spot. Well, you know, did you make an adjustment? Yeah. So why are we so upset? Let's just make another adjustment and move to the next pitch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is the biggest one because it goes for hitting too. If you popped up the last at bat and you um, maybe you got on base, who knows? It's like that little Bermuda Triangle lands, but the next one you line out to shortstop and you're upset. That's silly. You hit the ball better, you know? So I think being getting rid of being perfect, number one is probably my best advice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, now now what is something that the older you, I mean, might not be that old, but what is something that the older you would have, some good advice you gave the younger younger you? Um, I would probably say something like, you know, you're doing really good. Like you're actually really good. You're not disappointing anybody. Mm -hmm. Like the amount of times I spent crying because I felt like I wasn't good enough. And the times I spent comparing myself or, you know, screaming at my dad. I wish, you know, I could pull myself aside and say, you know, you're doing really good. You're doing, you're actually doing really good. And this is just, this is normal, you know, like saying to myself, this happens that you're, you plateau sometimes and then you have some growth and then you might even go backwards a little bit, but it's all, it's all normal. It's all okay. And you're actually doing really good. Mm -hmm. That would be something I would wish I would tell myself. Nice, nice. So I, I listened to the Mr. Ashley Burkhart podcast, mm-hmm. and I heard something. I think it was her sister or somebody was on there, and they said, "Celebrate your teammates more than yourself." How big is that? I think it's pretty big. I mean, it's a team sport, of course, mm-hmm. um, and nothing like. It's there's, I mean, I get excited for myself, of course. I mean, it's nice when you come through. Right. Mm -hmm. In general, any, everybody should, if everybody comes through, I'm even happier. Right. (laughs) Because, um, and you can even use it for selfish reasons almost, because if your team is doing their job, I mean, that's all about like you're doing well, if everybody else is doing well, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but, it's only benefits you that everybody else is really good. You know, I think a lot of times now it's kind of intimidating when everybody else on your team is good or better than you. Oh, I, by all means. Right. Because that just, that just makes our team better. Um, but yeah, celebrate your teammates because at the end of the day, it goes back to that chemistry thing. And if your teammates are killing it, then you're all just going to be killing it together. Mm-hmm. And right. what's, what's the real goal? It's not for me just to do good. I mean, I could do so good and we can, just like at Arkansas. I mean, for the first two years, we didn't go to postseason. So that was boring. Um, I want to <laughs> go and win games that matter. I mean, if I'm sitting the bench, fine by me. But if we win a World Series, I'd be, I'd be elated, you know? Mm-hmm. The the goal is the goal is bigger than you and it takes your teammates to get there. So it's important to realize that and encourage them. Nice, nice. So so one one final question um I ask my guess is is who would you like to hear on the the podcast? But the answer to it you will have to kinda help me get uh, your answer on the podcast Ooh, let's see okay so um hmm. 
I actually have a friend who is, um, she played at University of Texas, El Paso. And she had, she's a slapper outfielder. She coaches in, I think, Wisconsin, somewhere cold. Somewhere she, cold. <laughs> she moved. She's from Texas. And I keep trying to convince her to move back down here, but apparently that's not working. Um, but she's, she's usually got some interesting things to say. And she had a more unique experience, too. I feel like that would be, that would be interesting for people to hear, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, you just... If you can reach out and and I'll reach out. I mean, you can send me her contact information. Yeah. And I'll reach out too. Um, I want to shout out Tim. You know, he the one that sent me your information and told me you would be a good good guest on the podcast. Yep. So, you know, but yeah, man, I wanna I wanna thank you, thank you for your time. You know, I know you're probably pretty busy. So <laughs> I wanna yeah. thank you for the time that you gave out and the insights on the pitching and your upbringing and everything like that. Yeah, of course. It was fun. All right. Fine. Okay. Have a good day. All right. Y'all too. All right. All right. Bye. Don't forget, man. Y'all holler at my boy, Jeremy, for that tent. Thomas training them kids fielding, feet work, all the good stuff. Levi's wreaths and more. Get them doors looking nice. Holler at the wife. Levi's mobile detailing. We here. Peace.